as a leader, when you communicate change, you need to communicate the purpose, you need to communicate the picture, you need to communicate the plan, and you need to communicate the part. That is your job, but you don't communicate it once, you don't communicate it twice, you communicate that as often as humanly possible. People, when they say they don't like change, is that they are really saying to themselves, like, what what's gonna happen as a result of this that's gonna negatively impact me? But one of the things that you can do to help them with the change is give them a clear vision of what the future is gonna look like. And essentially all these worries in their head, they're fearing that all these terrible things are gonna happen. A lot of times people just explain the change, but they don't say why and where we're going. What's the plan? And so it leaves everybody, as I call it, like an open loop. What's going on? Why is this happening? And so we got to lead them the, all the way through, not halfway through the tunnel. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. We're super excited to have you guys, and hopefully you guys are really enjoying the show. Before we kick things off, I was actually going to say, please give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It'll help us to rank up in the podcast world, and that is our goal. Obviously, we want to be seen and heard by more people, and if you guys are watching on YouTube, obviously subscribe but we want to get right into the content because today is a topic that a lot of people have actually been saying that they struggle with. And that's why me and Matt put our heads together and said, hey, this is something we've gone through many times and we want to pass down our best advice. And that is about navigating change in your business and then managing it as well. And then finally leading your team through it, because these are the things that they're looking to you to be that rock in those stormy waves, right, is changed. And it's here, and it's going to always be part of business, but it's how you show up for your team, your clients, your family through change. And so that's what we want to talk about is like managing change in your business. And so where does this kind of show up? Have you gone through a price change, right? Have you lost a team member? Have you changed your session times around? Maybe you're changing the type of training that you're offering. There's so many examples I could give you. Those are just a few off the top of my head, but I know that this is something that's going to really help a lot of gym owners. So this is a great one to listen in on. Matt, anything you would say on change? I think one of the biggest things too is team members change, and that causes mm -hmm. a lot of issues inside of your business. Think about COVID. We changed our business model 10 different times, and this is when I went deep in understanding how do I communicate change? And I actually fell across a model from Patrick Lencioni, who got it from somebody else that dedicated their entire life to coaching people how to lead through change. And a lot of it is communicating through change. And oftentimes business owners don't communicate because they don't know what to communicate. When change is happening, we freeze, we get stuck, we don't know what to say, we get overwhelmed, or we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. So then we just don't communicate. And then what ends up happening is everybody else controls the narrative. They control what they think about it, what they feel about it, what they believe about it. So their states around the change are now all on them. And when there is no 
communication, we fill the gap with negativity. So silence, idle minds are the devil's playground. So we want to make sure that we are communicating the right things. And there are four simple things that you need to communicate during change, which we'll talk about today. So Dustin has some of his stuff. I have a, an entire kind of presentation that I provided throughout. So during COVID, I didn't communicate change as well as I could have. I was struggling. I was getting my butt kicked. And I'm like, I have to learn this. I need to perfect this. And then I've been able to teach hundreds of owners this model and now use it all the time. And then when things aren't going right, especially during times of change, it's because you're just not communicating these things and you're not communicating as often as you should. But before we get into the show, I got one thing that's super excited is we are bringing the Domination Workshop August 25th and 26th. It's going to be at my HQ. We have a $3 million building with a training center that holds up to 60 plus people and we are going to pour into you for two full days. And this is not a hype fest. This is not, I used to love conferences. Now I can't stand conferences because all they are is a hype fest. They bring a bunch of different guests that don't understand your business, don't know how to run your business. And they're teaching a bunch of stuff that's not applicable to actually running your business. And half the time you look at the calendar, like, I don't need to go to this one. And I don't need to go to this one. And this one's going to be a waste of time because it doesn't apply to me where this is two full days of peer application, peer tactics of exactly what to do. There are going to be no blank spaces where you're like, we cover information, we give you a bunch of theory, and then you have to go try to figure out how to apply it. We're going to give you the theory. We're going to give you the how to apply it tactically, and then you're going to be able to go home with a game plan and actually apply it. So we leave nothing off the table. We tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and then it is a 60-person event, which means you have access to me and Dustin and our speakers the entire time before the speeches, during the speeches. You can ask questions. You can even interrupt us and ask questions specifically, how does it apply to your business? And then you can do questions at the end. And then there's going to be time after the speakers. We're going to have lunch at the event. So it's two days. It is at my HQ in Grand Haven, Michigan. It's August 25th, 26th. It's going to be super affordable for what we're providing to you. And then on night two, everybody is going to come to our house. We're going to feed you. So after the two full days of teaching and learning with fellow gym owners, you're going to come to my house. We're going to feed you. And then obviously you can pick our brains even more. You can network with amazing gym owners. There is no event like this. And we did this on purpose. So we created an event that what's the event that we wish we had access to coming up in the industry. There was nothing like it. And oftentimes it's because people haven't achieved the things that we've been able to achieve. And they're just trying to sell you a mastermind or a coaching event or buy their product or buy their supplements. And it's everything's set up to do that where this is peer pouring into you and giving back to you and making sure that you're set up for success. And that is what the domination workshop is all about. And you're going to absolutely love it. So stay tuned for that. By the time you get this, you should probably see a sales page for the event or pretty darn close to doing that. But it is limited to 60 people. And that's not a false scarcity thing. I only have 60 room for 60 people in our training room. When that does come out, you're going to want to jump on board. And again, we're making it super affordable for the value that we are providing. 
That's all I have on that. Anything you have to add before we get into the remainder of the show, Dustin? I'll just add, guys, I've been to these events. And like Matt said, it's just a different type of event. So I would really urge you. I know people say things like, oh, there's a flight. I'm leaving my family. I can't get away from my gym. Screw that. Stop with the excuses. Get your butt on the plane. Get in the room. Get in the room where you feel uncomfortable. Get in the room where you're going to learn something different. Turn off your operator brain and put on your owner hat for these two days. And you'll be very grateful you did. So don't have any of these excuses holding you back from growing your business. Because this is one of those things that when it comes and goes, like you're now going to be behind the rest of the industry from all the people that went to that event. So we don't want you to be one of them. Yeah. And next podcast, we'll release the agenda, but we cover every aspect of your business. So it is a everything. It's like a 10 course meal of your business. So we're leaving nothing behind. So even if you're strong in areas, there'll be areas that you can improve. And then if there's weaknesses in your business, you'll know exactly how to fill those weaknesses. And then the most important thing is sometimes we do, even though it's not a hype fest, you're going to leave inspired ready to take your business to the next level, 100% guaranteed. Love it. All right, let's get into it. First thing I'm going to just kind of state on change before you got, got dive into what you're going to talk about, Matt, is I want to just do a little mindset shift for everybody. And that is something I learned from Craig Rochelle, which is a great frame when you're thinking about change, is that you hear people say people don't like change or no one likes change. But he challenges that and he said people actually like change, but they don't like it when you try to change them. And so what he was pointing that out to is like, hey, we would all be bored with Netflix if they just loaded a thousand movies and they never changed it. We'd all cancel at some point. They need to change things, right? We need to see, a lot of people say, I can't stand having the same protein flavor. I need to change flavors. We want change. There's things that do we do want to see change in. But what we don't want is like where people get notice the most friction is you're trying to change me. You're trying to change my session times. You changed my coach, right? Now you've impacted me and now I'm not happy. So just understand there's some nuance to that. There are things that people want change. And then when you're trying to change them, that's why that you should do this. You should do that. Hey, don't come over here and try to change me. That's where people dig their heels in. I know a lot of what Matt's going to dive into, for example, like the way you explain things to your team, all they're listening for is how does this affect me? How's this going to change me? And that's what you need to make sure that you kind of voice in your messaging. So that's just a good way to think about it is that you're you're not needing to run from change is a bad thing. You need to just understand how are people receiving it and know how to communicate it. But yeah, go for it from this point, Matt. Yeah. So we're going to go into what's called a behavior change model. The, me understanding this, I finally understood why do people behave a certain way when you try this as business owners, we come up with all these great ideas and we're like, this is going to be awesome. Everyone's going to love it. And then you get this resistance. You get this pushback. You get people that get angry with you. They get mad at you. They get upset. And you're like, this is such an awesome change. Why are you so upset? And I could just never understand it. I would always be so frustrated because we get super excited about it. We put all this time, all this effort into it because we want to give our team the best. We want to give our clients the best. And then we feel like we just get beat down over and over and over again. You're like, I wish I just never even tried. Like I just should never even try. But if you can understand why people behave the way that they do and you have proper context and expectations of human behavior, 
you're going to start to be able to like, oh, that's why they're responding the way that they're responding. It doesn't make it necessarily any easier, but at least you understand why they do that. And then the other big thing here is being able to be proactive versus reactive. A lot of people get in trouble because they don't proactively communicate the right way. So then they have to reactively communicate to how people are responding because the people are dictating what they think about it, what they believe about it, what they feel about it. So they're creating their states around that change versus you intentionally communicating to influence their thoughts, influence their beliefs, influence their feelings. So you're influencing their state behind what's happening. And a big mistake a lot of gym owners make and leaders in general, this is a big issue for all leaders, managers. If you manage people of any capacity, like death taxes and change are going to happen no, no matter what. Right. So the worst thing you can do is not communicate. The other worst thing you can do is let others define what does this actually mean? You need to define things as a leader, even when things are hard or negative, or you're asking a lot of your team, you will always lose if they are defining what it means, right? So you need to define what that means. And then uh, th those are the biggest things. So what we want to do is first understand why are people behaving the way they are behaving? So Dustin talked about, hey, people don't hate change. Most presidential elections are won off the context of change. Go back to the 1980s and just look at the campaign messaging that has won. Donald Trump says, make America great again, which was the same thing as Ronald Reagan, right? But Obama before that, one off wanting to make change happen. So everybody, I think Bill Clinton, and I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head, Bill Clinton was building a bridge to the 20th century. So like making change inside of the country, every president that has ever won is all about making some level of change. And usually it's obviously a positive change that we want to make. But here's the thing that everyone needs to understand is all change, all endings equal some type of loss. And that is the negative emotion that these changes cause is because it's creating some type of loss in everybody's life, no matter if it's a positive change or a negative change, there is some experience of loss. Getting married and getting divorced have the same levels of loss inside of them. And you may be going, no, that's not possible, but it actually is. And I'm going to prove it to you today. But when you think about there's a transition model, you have the ending and then you have what's called the neutral zone where it's really messy, really ugly. That's where all the emotions are. That's where all the hard work needs to put, be put in. And then you have what's called the new beginning where everything that you envisioned when you said, hey, we're going to make a change actually happens. But we have to go through an ending first for that to happen. And all endings equal loss. So we're going to cause anger. We're going to cause shock. We're going to cause all kinds of things during that time. And then during the neutral zone, people respond to change differently, which I'll talk about today before you can actually get to the new beginning, which is the stuff that you envision when you said, hey, we're making this change inside of our business. So here's the seven types of loss. You have a loss of identity. And I'm just going to use the example of my son. So the greatest blessing that I've had my entire life was my son being born. Absolutely amazing. But obviously it shakes up your entire life. And the reason why people struggle so bad 
during times of change, especially when it's supposed to be positive, is they think that I, everything should feel good about the changes that are happening. And then you feel bad when you don't. I don't know about you, but when my son was born, the first four days absolutely were miserable and they sucked. I wasn't sleeping. I just, life was like not great, right? Seeing your kid, great. But when your whole life is torn upside down, you're going to start having some negative emotions and you're like, man, where's the return? Where's the receipt on this kid? This is terrible. And again, we talk about the real stuff. No one will ever say that on a podcast or say that in person, but it's just the truth. That first night that we went home, Dude, I didn't sleep. It was, He was screaming and crying the entire night. I'm already exhausted from two nights in the hospital. And it's just every negative emotion. It's supposed to be the happiest time of your life, your newborn. But it's not, right? So just realize that it's okay to have some negative emotions around change. And it's also okay that your team members have negative emotions. So the first thing is identity. When I had my son, my identity before that was being a badass business owner and I'm going to dominate the world. And then I have my son and I want to be like the world's greatest dad. I want to be present. I want to be around. My dad was never home. He was on the road for five to six months at a time and he was never home. So he'd get us on the weekends and pretty much every weekend he would put us to work and he would be drunk. And that was my relationship with my dad. I want to be the exact opposite. I want to be a present father. I want to provide for my son. I always want to be there. But sometimes there's conflict of identity of I want to be this badass business owner and dominate the world, but then I still need to be present and be around for my son. Now you can see the identity conflict in those two things, because if I'm present and I'm around for my son for everything that he needs and I want to support my wife, then that means that I'm neglecting areas of my business that I could be doing to grow my business and dominate. So the first time in my life, there was a conflict of my identity with my business because my son was born even though the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Next thing is turf. My house, I have a 7,000 square foot house. There's one room in that house that was not taken over from my son. (laughs) That was my bedroom. That was the only thing. And now that's even taken up. He likes to take showers with me now. So now we got his shampoo and we got his other stuff and he brushes his teeth in there. And I'm like, man, we might as well have one bathroom in this entire house. Cause he has taken out, he took over the living room. He took over the kitchen. He took over every room has his toys and his stuff. My gym on any given day, I'm like walking over his toys when I'm trying to get my workout in. So turf uh, attachments, but even turf, if you think about gym, I want you to think about new clients coming in for the first day. And let's just say you do group fitness and everyone's got their station or their spot and some newbie, poor newbie, comes in and takes their spot. Oh my God, might as well be World War III at that point, right? Like they just took their turf. New person took their turf and then how do they respond? Not so great. The next one is attachments. So attachments are like friendships and different things that happen inside of your life. Recently, we made a change inside of our business to completely change our model and we're doing away with traditional bootcamp. And one client, and hopefully they're not listening to this, basically told me that I was destroying their fit family and that their friends were leaving because of me. So extremely negative emotion, but that's because she felt like she was losing her friends. 
Attachments are huge. When you make some changes in your business or a coach leaves, you're losing attachments. Your clients are losing attachments to their coaches. Your teammates are losing attachments to their teammates. And you're changing that inside of the life. The next type of loss is future. So when we make some changes, people go, how does this affect my future? What does this mean for me? How does this affect my life to what Dustin was saying before? The next one is going to be meaning and purpose. When I had my son, my meaning and purpose completely changed. My meaning and purpose went from having an amazing business and serving people and trying to change their lives to now I need to be this amazing father for my son. So my purpose and my meaning changed. It added meaning, added purpose to my life, which is a good thing. But sometimes, let's just say you got fired or you got let go of a job, you start like questioning what's my meaning, what's my purpose in life. Next thing is type of loss is control. So oftentimes that's one thing that people feel like they lose control of is when you change things on them before they had control, they felt like they their life was in order and then you completely change that on them. And the other thing that they're thinking is, well, if they change that, what else could they change? And they just keep, again, spiraling down a path of, not so good, but having a son, guess what? I lost all control. Good luck telling a newborn, a toddler, a two-year-old what to do. My two-and-a-half-year-old son's favorite word is no. Now he's learned, uh-uh-uh. I'm like, well, where did you learn that? So there is no control. Every day is different. He could wake up from a nap and be in a bad attitude. He could be wake up from a nap and he could be in a good attitude and you just never know what every single day is now going to provide to you. So before, I had a lot of control in my life. I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to ask any permission, and it didn't affect anyone's life. Now I got to worry about my son, and how does this affect him, and what does my wife need for me, and lack of control. And then the last one is structure, loss of structure inside of their life. Dustin talked about changing times of workouts. You just interrupted someone's structure. Maybe now interferes with the drop-off time of their kids. And now they're really mad and upset because they had this routine. It was going really good. And because of your change, now the structure of my life has changed. Obviously having a two-year-old, two and a half, the structure of my life has changed massively. Having newborn changed massively. So these are the seven types of loss. When you say, hey, we're going to make a change. Seven things. It could be identity loss. It could be a loss of turf. It could be a loss of attachments. It could be a loss of future. It could be a loss of meaning and purpose. It could be a loss of control or it could be a loss of structure inside of their life. So that's what people are experiencing. Now think about all the other changes that your clients are going through in their life. All the other changes that your teammates are going through in their life. They're going through loss all the time even when it is a positive situation. So this is why people aren't always favorable to when you say, hey, we're making a change and this is what we're going to be doing. They instantly go into, what am I losing mode? And as human beings, the first thing that we concern ourselves with is what are we losing? The center of everybody's universe is themselves. Just remember that. The center of their life is not what's good for your business, what's good for you as a leader. It's what's in it for them. How does this affect my life? What am I losing? Clients going on a diet. You say, hey, here's your meal plan. Do they look at it and go, oh, I get to eat all these foods. Look at all the stuff I get to eat. 
No, they go, oh, I can't have alcohol. I can't have this. I can't have that. They instantly go into what am I losing? So even think about it from that perspective. When you ask a client to change their diet, you ask your client to change their workouts, you ask your client, they go, what am I, what am I potentially losing? And I'm, I want to touch on that a little bit deeper because obviously it fits in what we talk about. I wasn't planning on doing it, but I think it's really important. Think about the spouse of the person that just signed up for your gym. You would think, oh, they're ecstatic. My, my wife's going to go get healthy. But guess what? They, go, they start losing attachments because what are most people's, a lot of people's relationships are surrounded by food. There's a reason why 80% of our population is overweight or obese. So if Friday nights is pizza night and then on Saturday you go out and you go eat a bunch of crap or you go for a movie and eat popcorn and treats and snacks and whatever it may be. And now the wife's, hey, I'm going to start eating better. And I want you to start eating better too. But one of the things that they rebel against is their attachment was with food. And now we're removing that from that relationship. So the spouse on the other end who didn't sign up for it is now going to rebel and try to hang on to that past attachment, which I'll talk about how people respond to that in a minute. You also interrupted their structure. You interrupted their control. You may have interrupted their identity. And then they're also like, what, is, what are they making that mean in the sense, why does my spouse need to get healthy? Does that mean they're going to leave me? So these are all things that are happening behind the scenes, whether it's spoken or not spoken, of why does my spouse not support me? Because the spouse, you going and deciding to get fit, the spouse is now losing one of seven things or all seven things at one time. And then you wonder why they're so highly emotional or so resistant to them getting healthy and fit. So I want you to look through this context of everything Everyone like needs to look at a deeper layer when there's different conflicts that are happening inside of your gym or your clients are struggling with things. Look at it through these seven things. What are they losing? And if you can really pinpoint what they're losing, then you can actually better serve and help that client. Hey guys, it's Dustin Bogle with The Fitness Empire and we want to connect with you on social media. So Matt and I are asking you to either friend us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and we'll follow you back. But you wanna search our name, Dustin Bogle or Matt Wilbur, and here's what we wanna do for you. We wanna help you with your biggest pain point in your business. So send us a DM, tell us what that big pain point or struggle is and we'll share with you whatever we've done when it comes to that pain point in our own business, all right? So again, go on Facebook, Instagram, search Dustin Vogel, Matt Wilbur, connect and let us help you grow your business. So before I move on to how people respond to loss, do you have anything to add to that, Dustin? Man, those were just like so many good talking points that I think everyone's really feeling that and hearing that. And I think one of the things that, again, people, when they say they don't like change is that they're really saying to themselves, like, what, what's going to happen as a result of this, that's going to negatively impact me. It's like what you're framing us up here to think about. But one of the things that you can do to help them with the change is give them a clear vision of what the future is going to look like. And essentially all these worries in their head, because that acronym fear, false events appearing real. So they're feeling all these seven versions of loss and they're fearing that all these terrible things are going to happen. 
My spouse is going to leave me. I'm never going to eat my favorite foods again. The session time is going away forever. And so I think one of the easiest ways to comfort people is immediately show them where you're going, give them vision, whether it's your clients or your team. So say, hey, the session time is only going away during the summer because it's lightly attended and we want to revisit it in the fall. So then they're like, oh, it could come back if there's more interest. Give them some comfort. We're changing this because this is the plan. A lot of times people just explain the change, but they don't say why and where we're going. What's the plan? And so it leaves everybody, as I call it, like an open loop. What's going on? Why is this happening? And so we got to lead them the, all the way through, not halfway through the tunnel. So that's, I know we're going to get there eventually, Matt, but I just want you yeah. guys to know, don't just half explain the change because that leaves people in a stressed out state and they might fill that whole list, that whole, all seven types of loss. <laughs> yep. So the next thing is how they respond, right? This is the part we don't like. So mm -hmm. it's not that we communicated change. It's how people respond to it is the thing as leaders, we do not like and what we're trying to overcome. So the first one, which you'll see 90% of the time is they're going to try to restore the past. It's the a good analogy that I think everybody understands. It's if your boyfriend broke up with you, you're trying to get them back or the opposite. Your girlfriend broke up with you and you're trying to restore that relationship and you want them back at all costs and you just can't get over it. When we changed our business model, I can't tell you how many clients messaged me saying, you need to change your mind. I think you made a bad decision. You need to change your mind. They're just trying to restore the past. Anytime you make changes, you'll hear, oh, I, I like how it used to be, or it's not the same anymore, or all those things that, that you hear that maybe people say passive aggressively, or maybe they say it to your face, but they're just trying to restore the past is all they're trying to do. That is the number one thing that you're going to see happen. When you say, hey, we're changing times, people are going to try to beg you to change your decision. And this is where weak leadership comes in. Because majority of the time, this is the natural inclination of most people is to try to restore the past. And a lot of leaders, they're like, oh, you need to listen to your people or you need to listen to your clients. And I'll tell you, no, you don't always need to listen to your people or listen to your clients because they will try to get you off the thing that you're trying to do. There's a reason and a purpose why you're making this change. And the minute that you allow people who are trying to emotionally restore the past, they're now controlling your business. And then they're going to look at you as a weak leader. And then you're never going to implement the changes that you need to do. And there are some business owners that go out of business because they just try to listen to everybody that's trying to restore the past, right? You'll never be a re an effective leader if you're always allowing to listen to people emotionally try to restore the past. So that's the number one that you will always get. The next one, people will try to replace. And I saw this too pretty quickly when we made our change in our business model. People didn't even want to give it a chance. They wanted to go to a different gym right away and replace what they had before. So they went to a different type of boot camp, someone that provided something similar to them. They didn't even want to give it a chance. Some of our gyms haven't even transitioned yet. And there's people like, I just want to leave now because I need to find basically my replacement. They didn't say my replacement, but I need to find my new home is what they were saying. 
The next one is redesign. So some people try to redesign it and make it work inside of their life. Obviously knowing that, hey, it wasn't, it's not what it used to be, but I'm okay with with what it looks like now. And then some will relinquish, which means that they just give up and quit. Unfortunately, inside of your business, you'll have some team members that will relinquish and they'll just give up and quit, but they'll stay when you make changes inside of your business. And the best thing that you can do is when somebody quits and stays is let them go because they are going to absolutely kill your culture. You will have some people that are clients that relinquish, but they sit there and they say negative comments and they infect the culture. You're better off letting them go as well. But making sure you're addressing those people when negativity does set in. So those are the four responses to loss that you will see. Now that I've taught you this, you're going to be like, oh, they're just responding this way. Right? Again, restore, replace, redesign, relinquish are the four ways that people will respond to loss inside of your business. So you got any good examples of this stuff as a leader, Dustin? I think the biggest thing we're always trying to give to the listeners is more awareness. And that's really what Matt is planting in you is like, why are people doing things? So it's almost look at that bullseye. You're aware, you're really aware, you're like hyper aware. So we're trying to always pull you to that highest level of awareness so you can be the best leader as possible. Yeah, I got many of them. I would say, again, similar to you, changes to the model. A big one I think everyone can relate to because it happens, unfortunately, in this team turnover and you lose a great coach. So number one, they'll even message the coach and say, can you come back? Hey, Dustin, can you give them a second chance? They're trying to restore them being back on the team. Then they'll replace, they'll try to, well, I should say first redesign. They'll probably try to see if they like the new coach. And if they don't, they'll replace and they'll follow the new coach wherever they went or they'll do a try a different program and then relinquish would be they just quit on fitness overall. And I've seen that where people literally just gave up on their fitness journey because the coach left. I'm like, this is about you. Like, why are you trying to lose weight for somebody else? This is about your health. You can't throw in the towel. Like if a new president comes in and you don't like him, you're just going to quit your gym. Like those are not linked things. Like this guy, it's a job for this person. And so something happened where they couldn't stay where you still need to be healthy they just relinquished and walked away and gave up. But that's what I'm sure, again, I'm using that as an example because I think all the listeners have been in that place before where, you know, they've had that loss on their team and that people responded in one of those four ways. Yeah. And there's four stages of change that I just want to walk you guys through. Most people's initial reaction to change can be shock and denial. And then that's going to lead into possibly anger, which when we made a change in our business model, we definitely saw a lot of a lot of anger, lashing out, passive aggressive type of situation, and it's just to be expected, right? So, I, or some other type of negative emotion, which might be sadness, might be crying, might be any of those types of emotions. Eventually, you go into acceptance, and then you get to commitment. So, those are the three four types of layers that people are going to go through. And you just need to realize that, which brings the next thing that your team members need are two C's. They need care and concern. And oftentimes we're like, we just want them to get over it. We want to move on. We want to get to the other side. We want to get to the new beginning. But in order to get to the new beginning, you still need to show care and concern for your team members while they're going through that, while they're going through their shock and denial, while they're going through the negative emotions. 
so that we can get them to acceptance and then eventually get them to commitment, show them care and concern, no matter how you feel about it, they shouldn't be feeling this way. Why are they feeling this way? And then sometimes you can get, I've been guilty of this, of attacking them as being weak, being not on board with the mission, like just challenging their character in some ways, but they're just, it's a normal human behavior. Just show them care and concern as they go through it, regardless of how you feel of how they feel in that situation, right? Now this gets to Dustin's point. So we need to show care and concern, but there are four P's of communicating change. The first one is the purpose. Why are we doing this? You can never skip this part. This really goes to the emotional side of the brain. If people can understand the purpose and the why, and it's clearly communicated and you can show how it's beneficial for everybody involved, and you need to work on how do I make the purpose, the why, a win for the business, the win for our team members, and then a win for our clients. The, if you can make it a win-win, when you're explaining the why, a lot of business owners just go, well, it's better for our business. Okay, good luck getting people on board with that. I was recently, I was reading a book and they were talking about Jay-Z. He actually invested, I think it was $56 million into a music streaming company called Tidal. And that business failed massively. So the reason why he invested in that business was so that artists could get paid and that everybody should pay their fair short, fair share like the people that they're serving, right? The people buying the music, they should all pay for it because the artists deserve to get paid. So they made the whole purpose of building this business about the artists getting paid and that the consumer should pay their fair share. Ass backwards, right? It failed massively. It's one of the only businesses that Jay-Z has not taken to the freaking moon on a rocket ship. And that's because he was ass backwards in his thinking. If he would have made that about, hey, it's about taking care of the artist, but it's also about being able to provide you access to this, this, and it makes it a much better experience for you, I guarantee you it would have worked a lot better. So making sure that the purpose and the reason why you're doing things is a win for everybody. Everybody's walking around saying, what's in it for me? So make sure that you're clearly stating it. Again, you want to influence people's states what they're thinking, what they're believing, what they're feeling. And oftentimes you just got to tell them what they should be thinking about this, how they should be believing about this, how they should be feeling about this. You want to influence that as much as possible. And you do that by sharing the purpose. The next thing is the picture. What is the outcome going to look like? So if you're selling a vision, when we get to the other side, when we get through the neutral zone, yes, it's going to be a little bit messy. Yes, there's going to be some people that are upset. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be challenging. But on the other side, look at this beautiful rainbow with a pot of gold. And this is how it's going to benefit everybody's life. And this is what it's going to look like. That's the picture. The next P is the plan. What does the path look like to get there? As clear of a path as you can, you want to make sure that they're not seeing the booby traps and the landmines and all that stuff and all the struggle. If The clearer the path you can make it, the more likely they're going to get on board with it. And then the last part is the part. What do I need from you? What is your role inside of this? And so many people are afraid of saying, hey, I need you to stay positive through this. Hey, when negative things happen, I need you to talk to me. I need you to communicate to me. 
Like we're all on the same page. I'm here to support you. What is their part inside of that? You need to communicate those four things. As a leader, when you communicate change, you need to communicate the purpose. You need to communicate the picture. You need to communicate the plan. And you need to communicate the part. That is your job. But you don't communicate it once. You don't communicate it twice. You communicate that as often as humanly possible, especially if it's a big change. If you're changing your entire business model, you can't just go to your team and go, here's the purpose, here's the picture, here's the plan, here's the part, ready, set, break. And then they never hear from you again about that. Because guess what? Idle minds is the devil's playground. You do not want your team creating the meeting. You do not want your clients creating the meaning of what does this mean? So continuously share the purpose, continuously share the picture, continuously share the plan, continuously tell them what their part in this is going to be. And when I communicate the part too, I don't just say, hey, this is what we need from you. I also say, this is what we can't have from you, especially when it's our team. While we're going through this, you can't be doing this. You can't be thinking this. You can't be, and I know some people like telling people what they can't do. Again, I want to be proactive because I know if they do these things, it's going to be detrimental to our entire business. And people will do those things naturally. Again, what are they feeling? Shock and denial. Then they're in anger. When people have negative emotions, do you think they do positive outcomes, positive actions? No. So when before they ever experience those feelings, one, tell them how they're going to feel but then say, hey, when this happens, this is what I need from you. Because if you don't do these things, this is what's going to happen. And I know no one wants to do that. No one intentionally does those negative things. But a lot of us are wired to allow our emotions to control our actions. And during change, people will experience negative emotions. So if you're not influencing them the way you're supposed to, then eventually negative actions are going to happen. And that leads to negative outcomes that are preventable. And then everyone's going to go through those stages a little bit different. So when you first get going, again, people are going to be in shock and denial. So that's when they hear the purpose, the picture and the plan. But what happens when they start going into anger because they haven't heard the purpose, the picture, the plan and the part, then you need to get that out again. And that's going to help them filter their emotions and the things that they're going through and the things that they are experiencing because you can't repeat that enough. So if it's not a big change, you don't have to communicate a million times. You need to communicate at least a couple of times. If it is a massive change and that change is going to take place over the next six to 12 months, you need to be communicating in as often as humanly possible. And you can't say it enough times. So that is the framework. So again, when you communicate change, two things, remember the two C's, care and concern in the four P's, purpose, picture, plan, part, and repeat and repeat and repeat. And that is how you're going to start learning how to communicate change. And again, every time you go to communicate change, bust out this template and use it. Oftentimes we try to rush the communication and then we either miss the purpose, we miss the picture, we miss the plan or we miss the part. And a lot of, I don't have time to communicate all that. Then you're going to have to make time for all the downstream bullshit that happens because you didn't do it correctly the first time. Love it. That's all I got. I want to 
put something else on everyone's radar is that when you brought up the plan, realize that, or sorry, the purpose is that we often will think very driven entrepreneurs, like the task they need to do. I need you to run this session. I need you to make these calls. And so you're just telling people what to do. And so the reason that we're always bringing up your mission and your why and your purpose is because that is going to be a deeper, better form of fuel than what the people need to do. So they say people will work for a what, but they'll die for a why. And so they actually interviewed a lot of people in the military and they said, hey, what would really make you want to take a bullet or jump on a grenade or die in battle? And they were surprised to learn it was not ever answered America and the ideal of America and keeping our country free. It was because the person next to me that I'm at war with them every day and I built a bond with them and they're my why is to keep that we keep each other alive. We're here for each other. And so these people are willing to die for somebody that they just met in the military, but they had a deep enough why that they felt that is like the action that they would do if that event came up. People want to do that for a what? So when you have your team coming in, like luckily we're in a safe place where you don't got grenades and things being thrown around in gyms. But when you say die, would they go above and beyond for a client? Would they exceed expectations? Would they work an extra hour? Would they take things to the extra mile? That's a form of in the workplace, I'm going to die to serve our mission. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to go all in with my energy. And so when you do share this, why we're making this change with everybody, you tend to get three groups of people. You tend to get the critics, which are the people saying this isn't going to work. And that really is harmful if it's your teammates, right? They're like, I don't believe in it. And when the clients complain, I'm going to even egg them on a little bit. That is, again, something that you got to be mindful of. Are, do they got your back or are they a critic and they say this isn't going to work? Then there's the victim, which we're talking a lot about, which is how this is going to affect me. Oh, boo-hoo, my coach is gone. My sessions are gone. My favorite style of training is gone. And so they're just like basically going to be stirring the pot and talking crap with it, a lot of people. And they're not really going to be bringing any positive energy to the room. But then you're going to have the people that are going to be by your side through the thick and thin. And the third group is advocates. When they hear the why, it is their fuel. It is their reminder of why we're doing what we're doing. It's, this is why we're going after this purpose. This is the plan to get there. This is my part in it. And they get really fired up. And that is the people that you're like, these are the guys that I want by my side. These are my soldiers that I would jump on the grenade for, my advocates, right? And so you got your critics that are just going to be on your team, but they're not really going to be. You're going to have your victims, and those could be teams and clients, and then you're going to have your advocates. The why roots out who's who. This is like the ultimate filtration system. And that's why, again, you want to talk about it and bring it up and you want to ask people if they remember what it is and if how it makes them feel. Are they excited about it? And basically, that's why this is such an important topic and why we keep harping on it. And yeah. The other thing with your consumer, which is in line with what Dustin just said, you have three types of people where the difference is not the victim. You have the advocates. And then you have pretty much the people that are in between. They're just waiting to see how things filter out, see how people respond, which is a large majority of human beings. And then you have the naysayers. So when you speak your why, you're going to disarm the naysayers, which is what you want, because they're going to speak the loudest. They're going to be, you guys see it on social media. You got the 5% that are absolutely radical and crazy. And everyone thinks that everybody's in alignment with them. That's just because they're screaming the very loudest. And then you get a bunch of people that are just kind of in between. We'll call those the fence walkers. And then you have the advocates 
you got to tell the purpose and the why to arm the advocates, because if you arm the advocates, they will get the people in the middle to, to get on board. Right. But if you don't give the advocates the, the ammo that they need, then really, and you're not disarming the naysayers, guess who's going to have the pull on the people in the middle? The naysayers are going to have the, the, the pull on the people in the middle, right? So you, you really want to make sure that you're always at a minimum. This is why we're doing this. This is why we're doing this. This is why we're doing this. And then if you can align it with the purpose of your business, even better, right? So th- there's the purpose of why we're making the change. But if you can align that with the purpose and the mission of your business and how this is in alignment with the purpose and the mission of our business, then it becomes even stronger of a reason why. Saying, hey, if we do this, we're doing this because it aligns with our purpose. If we don't do this, then we're actually in disalignment with our purpose uh, of our business. We say this is why we exist. Now we're taking action towards that, even though it's hard, even though it's challenging, even though that we're going to have to face some resistance. We're going to have the courage to be in alignment with the purpose of our, our business and our mission. Right. Because really courage is is the real big key of leadership. Have the courage to make the change. But when you're clear in your vision and your mission and the purpose and where you're going, then it's a lot easier to align your decisions and why you're making changes with that. That becomes even more powerful than just uh, just the why of why we're making this change. So those are some things to be thinking about when you're communicating that to your team and communicating that to your challenges. But my encouragement is communicate. Do not allow people to fill the gaps. Do not allow other people to create the meeting. You now have the framework of how to communicate. You know what you're supposed to do. Now you have the courage to communicate because there is consequences either way. Sometimes you feel like, Hey, because I communicated now, I just, riled up a beehive but guess what that beehive was already riled up but 10 times worse and 10 times more negative Mm -hmm. i promise you you do not want that so when you go through any type of a change take the time to communicate correctly take time to communicate the four p's take time to give your team and your clients the care and concern that they need while you transition through that And then on the other side of that is going to be the beautiful picture that you imagined when you said, hey, we're going to make these changes. The last thing I want to say on change is don't be trying to make changes all the time either, though. Like, be strategic about it. If you know that you're going to make uh, a lot of changes, do them all at once. Rip the Band-Aid off. Don't be like, well, we're going to kind of slow play these changes. So this month, we're going to announce this one. And then next month, we're going to announce this one. And then next month, we're going to announce all you're doing is keeping your team in a state of loss. All you're doing is keeping your clients in a state of loss. Rip off the bandaid. There's a guy that I follow. His name is Cameron Harold. They call him the CEO whisperer. And he says, if you're going to lay off team members and you know you're going to lay off a bunch over the next three months, you're better off just laying everybody off on day, on one day and doing the damage control and giving the team what they need and then being able to move on. Because if you don't, you rip the Band-Aid off a little bit, things get a little bit better, and then you rip at the wound again, and then you wait, things get a little bit better, and then you, you just keep doing that and you just keep the wound open. 
So if you're going to make some changes, do them all at one time, rip the Band-Aid off, get through that neutral zone, or else you're just going to be in a perpetual neutral zone, which nobody likes to be in. It's very stressful. It's very hard. So do it all at once. Get to the what you imagined, the new beginning. And uh, that, those are some of the biggest lessons that I've had to learn because I'm like, well, if I just give a little change now, it will be a little bit more uh, palatable. And then we'll sneak in another little change. And then we'll, all you're doing is stressing the living shit out of your team because they're like, when's the next change coming? When's the next thing coming? And nobody likes that whatsoever. So even part of the plan is just got, guys, this is what it is. There's nothing else coming for a long time. Like, let's just get through this. It's totally fine. The other thing that I just thought about that's really important is when we made the change, like if you're dead set on making this change, just saying, team, we're making this change, no matter how anybody feels, it is in alignment with our purpose. We have to make this change. This is the reasons why we have to make this change. I know that not everybody's going to like it, but I'm telling you right now, Back to the terms, we're not restoring the past. And there's going to be some of you that want me, are going to come to me and want me to change my mind. And I'm going to tell you no. There's going to be clients that come to me and want me to change my mind. And I'm going to tell them no. I'm 100% committed to this change. And I need everybody to get on board with that. Right? Like think about somebody on a diet. People struggle because they think there's this option of being able to negotiate. Right? Like, Okay, here's my my nutrition plan. But can I have this? But can I do this? But can I do this? But can I do oh well this isn't too bad? I, I can have this. And they think about all the ways to kind of game the system keep the past and restore on the past, right? Versus going, this is not even an option. Take the options off the table. Sometimes as leaders, you need to take the options off the table and move all the chips all in on this because that is the only way it's going to work. If your team or clients think there that there is any form of way of restoration of the past, you're going to be dealing with that. It's going to be a massive headache. So one of the best things that you can do when you're convicted on the changes that you're going to make, put all the chips in the table, go all in, burn the bridge behind you, and make sure that the team knows that the bridge behind you is fucking burnt down. And everybody, in order for us to survive, we need to go all in. That's the mentality that you need to have as a leader. A lot of us, there's so many people that are weak leaders that you've already mentally made a decision. And then you go to your team, you go, hey, guys, what do you think? And then they respond negatively because they think about all the loss. And you're like, ah, let me let me change change the plan. Even though you knew that's what your business needed because you didn't want to take the heat. If you want to be a leader, you need to be able to take some freaking heat. And if you can't take some heat, then you shouldn't be a leader. And I know that sounds aggressive, but it's just the truth because you're doing so much harm trying to be a people pleaser. If you're a people pleaser, you're not a leader. It, it just it just does not work. Obviously, you should have done your due diligence. Obviously, you should have talked to key team members or key clients and and actually used, you know, got feedback before you made, you know, drastic decisions. But there's a time to listen and then there's a time to take action. And when I'm talking about communicating change, that is now the time to take action. You should have already done all your listening before that. And now it's full steam ahead. Love it. 
All right. Well, we are going to wrap up here, guys. I, I can't think of a better way to sign off. But like Matt said, keep your ear to uh, the episodes because we are going to be dropping more details about the domination workshop. If you want to hear how Matt is dominating his path, how I'm dominating our path, this is where you will come and build your domination plan so that when you go back home, you can go home. You can talk to us about the changes you're thinking of making. You can talk to your, you know, your team. And then you can start marching forward and make that business of your dreams. So keep listening in and we will get you those details very soon. We'll see you guys next week. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple because I want to show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies, but you gotta join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm gonna give you a free gift, and that is a PDF called Five Ways to Get More Sales in Your Gym. So join the group, I'll tag you on the PDF, and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.